Hello and welcome to Take 18, a podcast where we love to talk about movies because we love movies. <laughs> this show is produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair. I'm the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, checking in with us today. We have uh, all been staying home, staying safe, staying healthy, and uh, we've all been probably watching a little bit uh, too much television and a lot of movies. So uh, that being said, we actually have a top 10 list of Central Coast movies or ties in with the Central Coast. Um, a top 10 list for you guys to watch if you've run out of things to watch. <laughs> it's kind of a fun list. So that's going to be coming up as well as a great interview with Aaron Metchek. He is a local uh, acting coach and he uh, coaches actors that are both local and down in uh, Hollywood. And that includes one of the local Central Coast film actors uh, you may be aware of. That is Mr. Zach Efron. So we're going to be jumping into all that, uh, plus some of the movie news that's come out recently. Um, that'll all be up next. If this is your first show, then welcome. Uh, we hope you guys check out our, our older episodes. There's lots of really awesome content on there as well. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button, and you're going to find out immediately when our new episodes come out. Uh, throughout this podcast series, we're always going to be looking into movie news, uh, even do some reviews. And of course, these interviews are so much fun, and there's a lot of great content and nuggets that are kind of hidden in there as well. So make sure you listen to the whole thing, check it out. A lot of fun. Uh, we even have filmmakers that will come on here and talk about making movies. It's just, it's so much fun for the community to come together and talk about it. So without any further ado, let's get started. So there has been some interesting developments in the movie industry. Um, of course, with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic going around, there's been a lot of changes going on. Um, we have the Academy of Art, Motion Pictures and Sciences. Are, uh, they've adopted a temporary, and the key word there is temporary, new rule that will include streaming as an acceptable form of eligibility for the Academy Awards. So now movies that can go direct to streaming, video on demand, uh, that's all going to be eligible for awards. So think for a moment, you know, it's not just Netflix here, but uh, think about like what's going on with South by Southwest, you know, with those movies. Um, they're not getting screened at the festival, which has been canceled. So now they're actually going to be shown on Amazon, uh, the streaming service there on uh, Fire TV and uh, Amazon Prime. So um there, there is a way for them to be to be shown and, and screened to an audience. It's just all digital. So um, these movies now will, uh, you know, if they win in any categories, they will be in contention for Oscar nominations. It's just now it's on demand. Um, so last that has been said is that this is temporary, of course, for this year only. So um, now on the uh, on the flip side of that. <laughs> Movies going directly to digital streaming is causing just a little bit of a stir. Um, you may have heard of uh, Universal Studios deciding to release their animated film Trolls World Tour uh, going straight to digital services. Um, and it's proving to be extremely profitable for the studio. And it's been on digital release uh, at time of this recording for three weeks here at the end of April. And um, according to Wall Street Journal, it's actually has made more money in these uh, three weeks than the original 2016 film did 
in their five month theatrical run. So, so naturally, uh, the NBC Universal chief, um, that's Jeff Shell, he announced that he's going to release Universal films both on digital and theatrical. Um, and that's, you know, as theaters begin to reopen. So, needless to say, that this has actually left uh, large theater chain owners uh, a little grumpy. AMC and Regal Theaters have, um, kind of retaliated i guess is the right word uh they said they're not going to be screening any more universal films when underneath this system the uh the uh nato national not the nato but this is the national association of theater owners they've also come out against this move by universal as well so um kind of the backstory is that typically exhibitors um theaters they, they want to have a uh a 90-day window they demand a 90-day window um, what is called like their exclusivity clause and contracts that they do. And, and so they want that 90 day of exclusivity of theatrical run for their titles before it gets released to home entertainment. Um, so we're just going to kind of have to wait and see what, what happens once theaters start to reopen. I know there's, you know, it's a state by state basis right now, community by community basis. What's, who's going to open, who's going to go to theaters. Are people even going to want to go to theaters right now, uh, with everything that's going on. So we're going to just kind of have to wait and see how it works out and how the studios and the theaters, um, either play nice or, uh, you know, go, go to the, uh, mattresses, so to speak. So we'll check on that. Now, speaking of watching movies uh, and getting back to normal watching movies, uh, we've made that list of top 10 movies to watch while you've been at home, and uh, they have some great ties with the Central Coast. So we're going to chat with that about that with our Central Coast Film Society president, Rise Georgie. All right, we are now joined by Riza Georgie, president of Central Coast Film Society, board of directors. How are you doing, Riza? Hello, Daniel. I'm good. good. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm just fine. Thanks for uh, coming back on the podcast. Uh, we uh, we we've been uh, sitting around uh, during podcast uh, the pandemic here, and and you know trying to think of uh, things to do. And one of them, of course, was uh, what movies to watch next, right? Of course, because that's all we're doing, right? <laughs> we just sit around and watch movies, yeah, all day long. Oh my gosh, if that were only true, Daniel. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, if only that was true. <clears throat> I need to get out more. Uh, anyways, but we have uh set up a a list, a top ten list. Yeah. So, um, let's. You ready to go over them? I mean, what? Yeah. Do you, you want to do top down or? Yeah, top... yeah. We'll start with number ten and and work our way down. All right. Okay. So, uh, number 10, we've got up there Little Giants. And have you seen Little Giants? Do you know about Little Giants? I've watched Little Giants, but I'll be honest, it's probably been about 20 years since I've watched well, it. And you see, that's why we have it on the list because this list is like, it's not like the best movies ever made on Central Coast. This is movies you should just dig up and rewatch again because you're stuck at home and you've got nothing else to watch. <laughs> right. So, exactly. but, but no, it, I should put this on my list because my son, well, it, um, it is, on the, it is on the list, Riza. I know. <laughs> I'm glad it's on the it's, list. It's number 10 on the list. Because it, remind, it reminds me, like, I've been watching a lot of the movies I watched growing up, like the Sandlot. And, you know, my yeah. son is now obsessed with that movie. So 
um, Little Giants, I want to watch that one too because it's. Um, I lived in um, Grover, Rio Grande when I was going to Cal Poly, so um, it'll be fun to see old stomping grounds. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And I and I live in the same area, and it's like it's really funny to watch the movie now and be like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right. I know who that is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So this movie, uh, you know, took place in, in Ohio, but it's really in Rio Grande. So uh, yeah. what's fun, though, is like a lot of the locals also love this movie and they remember watching um, Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill out here filming it. And they, they all had just good memories about that. So I love both those guys. Yeah. Um, honey, I shrunk the kids and you know, Ed O'Neill is in modern family. Yep. So, you know, there, uh, there is a rumor about Rick Moranis coming back out of retirement for the honey. I shrunk the kids reboot on Disney plus. That would be amazing. Yep. If only they could get him for ghostbusters. So, <sighs> oh, if only. all right, moving on. So number nine, uh, Spartacus, San Simeon, Hearst castle. Have you seen that one? I watched it briefly. You can't watch it. it briefly. It's 190 well, minutes long. I mean, I I know, but like <laughs> I've watched scenes of it um, in film class. Uh, I took a That's film not the same. class. This no, is not, not the same. same. This is also why this is on the list because yeah. you can sit there and just binge it. You know, this is back when you had to binge a movie before it was right. cool. You know, right. this is when you strapped yourself into your seat in the theater and you had three hours of just sitting there watching it. Um, you know, there's movies like this, like Lawrence of Arabia and uh, Dr. Zhivago, you know, those really long epic movies. Yeah. Um, but Spartacus, uh, calls a home here in, uh, Hearst Castle when they go to the, uh, the Roman pool. I mean, that's, I do, I do remember watching that clip, um, as also in one of my journalism, um, history classes, uh, we took a field trip to Hearst Castle and part of that preview was watching Spartacus Yeah. in that little clip. So anyway. Um, it's fun. Yeah, you know, and you know, with the the late great um, uh, Kurt Douglas there, uh, you know, as the lead yeah. role, that's kind of his like iconic role. Uh, you know, and they they they've been around the Central Coast as well quite a bit. But all right, so let's move on to number eight, and that is the Spirit of St. Louis. Never saw it. Never seen it at nineteen fifty seven. Spirit of St. Louis. So. Nope. Ever yeah, I'll it, put it on my list. It's Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, number eight. <laughs> well, it's really it's it's fun to watch because when you see them on the airfield, it, like you know, I've driven up and down the 101 freeway through Santa Maria so many times, and like I I know those hills in the background with the fields, right. and then when you right. when you recognize those same hills, but now it, it's behind an airfield, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Because this was this was all shot on Allen Hancock Airfield, which was is now Allen Hancock College. Right, um, I went there too. Go Bulldogs! Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just it, it it's just a really cool look at what uh, uh, just the history of of this momentous thing with Charles Lindbergh going across the Atlantic Ocean, but of course doing it from Santa Maria is a little bit harder to do. Um, right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's really cool because I, I used to work at the uh, Santa Maria Inn for a hot second. And um, I was going through some of the old archive stuff there. And there was actually an autographed menu uh, uh, that James Dean signed for one of the uh, employees. I'm James Dean. I'm so sorry. Jim, Jimmy Stewart. Um, he signed it right there in, in 1957. And it's just really cool to see. Uh, I, I could probably get a picture of it up online. Um, it's That'd like, you know, awesome. like steak, 
you know, steak and eggs is like, you know, $1.50. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's pretty funny um, that he signed do that. Do you menu. remember when gas was 99 cents? I, 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 I do, but I don't yes. want to admit that because that was so long ago and it just dates us. Um, Maybe right. we'll just say that was before we drove. That's, know. well, mm. yeah. all right. I remember it being under a dollar. All right. Anyways, moving on. Number seven, Pete's Dragon. Oh, I love this movie. Like, yeah. I just remember watching this with my sister as a kid and I loved it. And, and this is the classic we're talking about, not the remake. Yes. 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 Because there was the remake Disney Pete's right. Dragon. So this, this yes. is the original 1970s. Pete's Dragon with the hand-drawn animated dragon. Yes, we watched that because um, I also remember watching the original Parent Trap with her. And, uh, you know, now there's the newer Parent Trap with, um, gosh, what's her name? Uh, Lindsay Lohan. Right, yes, yes. Yes, no, but Um, the original Pete's Dragon. But one of the reasons why I, I like having this on the list is because I watched this movie so many times as a kid like i watched it a lot like my vhs tape of this is like worn down um but i had no idea zero zip zilch that it was filmed here in my backyard practically that you know right out there near montano de oro on a uh, point buchon um yeah it, I, I had no idea the story behind the lighthouse being there. And then just thinking but how did you figure it out i mean who told you that story the central coast film society that's us i know but that's that's legitimately i had no but that you know when when because we sit around we try and find out like all the movies that were filmed here in the area and i saw that on the list and i go wait what so i literally found this out two years ago or whatever it was when we when we started doing this i had no idea well hopefully once um entertainment venues can open up once again we should show it (laughs) Yes, we should. Absolutely. I think that would be amazing. And it's it's just, it's really fun to watch when, with the idea of that, no, this is not Passamaquoddy, Maine. This is San Luis County, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So number six on the list of Mice and Men filmed mm-hmm. in the San Inez Valley, directed and starring uh, Gary Sinise. I've met him. He's a very nice, nice he man. He seems like a nice guy. He is. And, um... You know, in the context that I met him, it was for um, raising money for his Veterans yeah. Foundation, and he did the I, he did a performance for the Lieutenant Dan uh, band out on um, uh, on Vandenberg. Vandenberg. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he it was before even that, but um, it was just like humbling to meet him. You know, Lieutenant Dan, and I I really wanted to call him that, but I didn't. I refrained myself. <laughs> Uh, that's all right. I'm sure he he gets it all the time. I'm sure he does. But um, the work that his foundation does is just absolutely incredible. And I'm so happy, you know, um, that was even before I'm going to mention the sideways Uh-oh. Um, because they filmed it at the Ganey Ranch and Ganey uh, Winery is very, very popular here on the Central Coast. And it kind of shot up Ganey during that time when they were filming it mm-hmm. but that was before yeah way before sideways well, it's it's a very you know it's a classic story it's a it's an intense story um but it's definitely one 
you know, to, to dive back in and, and chew on because it, it's, it is that powerful. So I, right. that makes it on number six on the list. Number five is a movie that we should all be watching during a pandemic outbreak. Outbreak. <laughs> uh, I remember going to see this in the theaters, you know, uh, way back in the day. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun. And then, of course, when when the plane leaves Vandenberg Air Force Base and I was just like, hey, we're in a movie. And, you know, um, yes. But there so, but there's a little bit more of a background. I think you've got something to say about that. Yes, I do. Um, so my fam, my husband's family, um, we live out at Nahoe Falls Ranch, which is um if you've never been to Nahoe Falls, it's in Gaviota, and uh, you drive through the area, the Nahoe grade, um, when you're going either north or south from in between Santa Barbara and uh, the San Ynez Valley on the 101. And my husband had happened to be out on his quad at the time. Uh, we weren't married then. Um, but so he was out on his quad, and he was sitting on a ridgetop, and he was looking for cows, I believe. And he sees this big plane and helicopters flying over and they're just doing circles. And the back end of this plane is just opening and closing and then opening and then closing. And then they'd circle around and then do it again. And he just was sitting there flabbergasted, like, what on earth are they doing? And then several and then months watch later, the movie. <laughs> Outbreak comes out and you watch the movie and the uh, back of the airplane yep. opens and you it's actually not. Sending um, us valley what you're seeing right there but um it, he was just like oh my gosh that i was there when they were filming well, it. oh yeah it's and... right over the mountains there yeah yeah, yeah. so very cool but all right it was fun number four the rocketeer yeah i love the rocketeer i just need to put that out there right now this is definitely one of my favorite movies and i will watch it anytime Okay. Um, and I love the fact that it shows so much of the Central Coast in Santa Maria in all of the, uh, you know, in anything that is not an L.A. area, like, you know, they, uh, the Griffith Observatory. It's not the Griffith Observatory. They they come out to Santa Maria to film everything in the airport. Um, even mm-hmm. some of the chase scenes were, were shot out here. Um, I, I just loved it. My aunt was an extra. Uh, they, you know, they got as many people out there as possible. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun film. And I think it's fun if, you know, I haven't seen it in a while, but it's something that I think, you know, kids would love to see again. You know, it's, it's a, right. it's an old comic book graphic novel, uh, character. So I, I am definitely putting that on the list from, for this weekend's, um, family movie night. Yes. So, cause my kids have not seen it yet. Oh, well, yeah, you definitely need to yeah. fix that. Speaking yeah, of I comic know. book characters, number three on the list is batman the movie you have to say the movie this is yeah this this is the the old uh adam west movie batman yes um love it it's so campy it's so much fun it is and you know what i don't care what you say you wouldn't have those other batmans if it wasn't for them going just all out and doing it yeah. Um, and so it's a lot of fun to see them go running through Santa Barbara on Stern's Wharf with a big giant bomb and <laughs> some, <laughs> some of the, what's the line here? You know, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> it's amazing. I absolutely love it. it. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, you yep. can't, can't go wrong with a, an old classic Batman movie. Um, and then, uh, number two takes us back to Santa Barbara. We're still in Santa Barbara now with Scarface. Mm-hmm. 
um the the Tony Montana yeah so you know his uh Miami mansion is not in Miami it's nope I think it was is it Montecito I, I believe it's Montecito that it's in yeah I, I don't remember yeah. but somewhere down there um and it's uh I thought I it, when I watched Bedazzled it it reminded me of that as well because <laughs> it's they have that same scene and it's filmed in Santa Not Barbara. Not really quite the same. No, vibe, no, though. I know, I know, I know. But it, okay, it, right. it, but it's still it's filmed in Santa Barbara. It's got you know it's a right. drug lord mansion compound and you know everything True. goes to hell in the end. Um, but it's it's still it's it's just that vibe that you get, and it's just so funny that there's certain types of mansions and homes down there. I mean, you know, if anybody's ever taken a casual leisurely drive through Montecito or uh, Santa Barbara, they know that there is a plethora of very wealthy uh, to do mansions and things down there that could be anything and everywhere. And that's where Scarface has his uh, big climatic scene is down there. Obviously not the insides, but the uh, outsides there for sure. Um, uh, it was on the market recently too. It was, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was on the market. It was recently. a reduced price of seventeen point eight well, million. Well, they had to get all the bullet holes plastered out of the wall and you know things like that. So <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And it sold for twelve point two six million dollars. You just happen to know this off the top of your head? It's kind of weird. Uh, Google. Oh, Google oh, yeah. Google. <laughs> all right, and now finally, our number one must put on list is hbo's john adams yeah that's that's a good series it it is a great series to sit down and binge it was um not technically filmed here however uh speaking from personal experience i got to work on this project here in santa maria and we all know how much you love reenactment civil war it's it's history it's history man and you know what they were very authentic i think in a lot of this stuff uh in the show and that's one of the things that i was pretty pretty uh uh, but we still have a good link because paul giamatti was in sideways which was filmed in the valley yes okay there are many 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 movies that were made in the central coast and you know some of them are great some of them are not i mean you know indiana jones 4 has got the one shot of Morrow Bay in it, but we don't talk about that really. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's True. it's uh yeah, sideways is is on the list. But no, the the John Adams. Getting back to this though, real quick, it is a great piece of storytelling. It's a Golden Globe winning series. Uh, definitely need to check it out if you haven't checked it out already. Especially going into Memorial Day, Independence Day. Right. I actually do watch the scene where they do the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That's episode two um mm-hmm. i watch that every year right around fourth of july it's you know, just it, it's really cool it's really fun to see and it, it i mean it i take a lot of pride in it just because i got to work on some of the visual effects shots um right. but but the the image that is on the uh our blog on our top 10 list with you see john adams and sam adams right. looking out into the harbor and the british armies coming in um right. we did that shot where they're literally just standing there and looking at a green screen you know, and, oh, and they and they have to do everything. But if you look off to the side, like you see all the ropes and there's netting and things that go by. Um, yeah. There was a huge like discussion, like they had no idea how to do it, because when you get a lot of green going through nets and stuff like that, it really just starts to look funky. Um, so they were trying to figure out how to do it, but they were able to actually key out all the green. And so it, it worked out nicely. So props wow. to all those guys at Cafe FX. Uh, I, I miss them. I can't even imagine what that 
it process. It's nuts. It so, was it was and being in the editorial department, I got to see like every stage of uh, what the development was on each shot. So it was it was so fun, so cool to do. So makes um, me want to go back and get a film degree too. Maybe I could do that sure, while we're yeah, we got a um, we got a pandemic. Yeah, why not? I've got time on my hands. Yeah, right? you know, I'm just sitting around watching movies. Why not just go get a degree in film? So. Well, right, but now wait, yeah. there is more. I want to put in our honorable mention. Oh yeah, it is the one, the only Mystery Science Theater three thousand did <laughs> did a riff on the Touch of <laughs> Satan, and it is all primarily filmed in the San Ynez Valley. I mean, when I watched it, the opening credits were the this cars driving down cold uh, gold Cold Springs Bridge, mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> just to seeing that's the, an iconic view. Right. But I mean, to yep. me, it's like it's an iconic view. But you got the iconic uh, silhouettes of the two robots and um and joel there and it's just like oh my god this i can't believe mystery science theater came to the central coast for one of those movies so this particular view that is on here the the picture of oh of santa coda market and and the post office yep um so when i was growing i grew up in san inez in the township of san inez and um a friend of mine had, I don't remember what grade we were in, but we were small, probably fourth grade-ish. Um, we walked up, it was a summer day, we walked up in the afternoon, and we bought popsicles from Santa Cona Market, and we're sitting outside on the picnic table, um, you know, just enjoying a hot summer day with a nice cold popsicle, and a limo pulls up. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, Town is usually dead on a weekend afternoon. Town like there was nobody, anyways. there was no wine tasting, there was no sideways <laughs> then. There was no wine uh, tasting though. There was no wine tasting. Um, and so this limo pulls up, and my friend and I look at each other, and we're just like, okay. Uh, and out comes this like. Please tell me you didn't huge... get into the limo. No, didn't get into the limo. Okay, good. Um, but out comes this huge dude, and he's just standing there. And then a few minutes later, Michael Jackson gets out. And walked to Santa Coda. Yep. I don't know if he bought a Coke or a Pepsi or not, but I remember him coming out with some. Well, he sort was of a Pepsi chocolate. guy, wasn't he? Yeah. So um, yeah, he's got to get Pepsi. He waved at us and then got back in the limo and left. And we were just sitting there, like our jaws were just, oh my gosh, that's Michael Jackson. So yeah, I, but, I got a similar story where uh, just nearby, um, down in Solvang, uh, I was running around. This was. God, it had been about 88, you know, like right at his peak. Um, and I remember him driving around town uh, just himself. He was driving and all he pulled over, saw a bunch of kids playing. We were all playing. And he just came over and gave everybody a bunch of autographs. And of course, you know, I had nothing to do to, you know, get his autograph with. So I, yeah. I, I actually remember I had a... Uh, it's like a paper cocktail napkin that I found somewhere. <laughs> and of course, you know, when a you, small child has a cocktail napkin, a uh, paper mm-hmm. napkin that that's gone in like, you know, 30 seconds. Of so I, I don't have that anymore. Oh, but it was cool. It was the, the memory is still there. So I thought that yeah, was, that was very good. cool. Of course. Yeah. And then what, Riza, when you and I used to work once upon a time at the Parks Plaza movie theater. Yeah. I remember one time Michael came in to go watch a movie there. And I remember, though, it was like, who is this guy coming in wearing a fedora and a trench coat? Like, what is going on with this? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's Michael. Hey, what's going on? It's Michael Jackson, yep. you know. It's yep. cool. Yeah. 
Well, that does it for did our... Did he moonwalk? Did no, he, moonwalk? he did not moonwalk. He went. He bought some popcorn and he went to go sit down and watch a movie. I don't even remember what the but movie was. he didn't moonwalk into the movie No, theater? he did not. I'm surprised you weren't there. Um, I'm surprised I wasn't there. Yeah. Maybe I was. Maybe I was just upstairs. You were probably doing film. something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah back I in the old days of loading film. All right. Well, that does it for our list. Riza, thank you so much for stopping by to chat. That's been and, fun. Uh, go go watch. If some... everybody has a chance to watch, I'd like to know. Um, I'd like to see some more uh, movie content. You know what people like to watch here that was filmed on the Central Coast. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what some of your favorite movies that you know obviously didn't make the list, uh, and what what you liked. And um, also, if you have any comments or questions, you always call into the show, and uh, we have that all set up so that you can actually call, leave a message, and we're happy to talk about any sort of movies or questions that you may have. Wonderful. Well, okay. All right. Thanks, Riza. Bye, Daniel. Bye. And now let's jump into a conversation about acting uh, with acting coach Aaron Medchek. He's the owner of Actors Edge based in Los Angeles, but a Central Coast native. And we are now joined by Aaron Metchek. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking some time to, to give a call and, and stop in with us. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and what it is you do uh, in the industry. Sure. Uh, well, I grew, I grew up as an actor uh, from the time I was very, very young. I always had a love for theater, musical theater. And then I got very lucky, very lucky at the age of nine, actually at the age of seven, I had a, a good friend who asked me to um, go and audition with them for Les Miserables, the first national tour of Les Miserables. And mm. it was just kind of a fluke. And I ended up get I didn't get the role at that point, but they said they really liked me, but I was too young. I went back two years later, got the role at nine years old. And then got to uh, tour the country with the first national tour Holy of Les Miserables. God. Yeah, at the time it was the world's most popular musical, and I just sort of fell into it. And what role and were you? I played Gavroche. Ah, of course, yeah, very yeah, nice. very fun role. And then uh, I uh, so I toured the country with that. I ended up in the last city that I uh, toured in was Los Angeles. A film and TV agent saw me in the show, asked if I'd be interested in film and TV. Of course, I said yes, absolutely. And then I, I basically just got to do a, you know, movies and television shows for the next uh, eight years, all the way through college. And then in college, I pivoted toward. I went to film school uh, or theater, uh, film and television. And continued to study acting, but also broke off into writing and directing and producing. And I was I was definitely a, a hyphenate at the time. <laughs> uh, spent several years out of school writing screenplays, um, and then got one of one of them got uh, produced. I got to direct that. A couple others got either either um, commissioned or or optioned, and. I was just kind of doing whatever project came along for for a, a long time in whatever position I could get. 
And then uh, somewhere along the way, I started uh, just coaching other people, mainly with, with acting. And I just got, my mother was an acting teacher as well. And if, if you're in the Central Coast and in the creative um, space in the, in the Central Coast, you may know her or have heard of her, Robin Metchik. She's taught at uh, high schools and, and middle schools and even elementary schools. A, just an absolutely incredible drama teacher. And I found that I really liked it as well. So I, I ended up opening up an, an acting studio. And once I got, I know this is a very long-winded story, but no, I'm, I'm no, getting to the end good, of it yeah. soon. Um, once I got married, and especially after I started having kids, uh, I found that the acting studio was a really... Uh, wonderful play, you know, way for me to continue to be very creative and help other people experience a lot of the joys that I had been able to experience with acting. And so I, uh, I opened up a, a, a studio in San Luis Obispo and also teach and coach in Los Angeles. And so now I, I live in Los Angeles six days a week. And when there is not a uh, epidemic <laughs> preventing me from doing yeah, so, little, I, little I, <laughs> yeah. I'll drive to uh, San Luis and we have a, a really nice film and TV acting studio there where we keep teach actors of all ages and skill levels, film and TV acting. That's fantastic. So what brings you up here to San Luis? Is this where you're from? Is this just a place you love to go to? Both. <laughs> I, okay. I grew up there. My parents, uh, we, I, we moved there when I was about uh, five years old, I think. I grew up in Oceano. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Before the tour. Uh, I grew up in Oceano, went to Arroyo Grande High School, spent a lot of time in San Luis Obispo. I've always loved the Central Coast. I ended up going to UCLA for uh, to study, you know, um, theater, film and television. But my parents still live there. And so I love returning there. Honestly, I wish I kind of wish I could just live there that the industry that I'm involved with wasn't so heavily focused on in, in Los Angeles because I it's just such a beautiful place well to I, be and I, I envy everybody who actually can live there well <laughs> I do actually live in the five cities area so it, it's nice for me and and so Oceano is literally right down the road and you know the melodrama is there it, there's a lot of theater and a lot of uh, you know PCPAs right next to us in Santa Maria uh, San yeah. Luis has got all the theater going on there. Santa Barbara's got a ton of theater down there. Um, it, it is a very rich theater environment down here. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's that, so that's a lot of fun. So I, I think there's a lot of acting availability out here when it comes to live performances as well. Um, not just film and, and television things that are going on. Yeah. Do you mind if I just, I, I want to make sure I want to be really clear. I a hundred percent agree with you. The theater there is wonderful. I'm good friends with a couple of the people who run some of the theaters. My first acting was at the Mel- and my first uh, professional acting when I was, you know, very young was playing yeah. Tiny Tim at the Melodrama. Oh, perfect. I love it. Yep. Um, the 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 acting my focus as an acting teacher is primarily in film and television. Yeah. So when I say that, you know, what I my little na- you know, my niche <laughs> key, you know, kind of usually requires me to be 
in LA a little more. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I didn't mean to suggest. No, 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 no. That's that's no, that's totally that's fine. And and one of the things though that I I think you're bringing up a good point because we have listeners that are, are, run the gamut. They're you know from just casual moviegoers who like to listen, or they're actually in the industry. But I mean, so sometimes I ask you know these questions. It it sounds kind of silly, you know, for professionals. But like, what is the difference between stage acting and film acting? I mean, you know, simple things like that. Like, people may not even realize that that's different. Like, I'm an actor. I'm going to go and perform, you know? Right. It's different. Tell us about that. Yeah, there's a huge difference. (laughs) A lot of people who have been doing theater acting for a long time and and haven't been on camera much, when they first come to our studio, they're very surprised to discover that there is actually a difference. And it's very significant. The way, if I tried to put it succinctly it's that to a certain extent when you are acting in a theater you have to take this this very truthful experience that's going through your uh, heart your soul your mind your body and you've got to project it to a certain extent out through the theater to fill the theater so that everybody in that whole room gets to feel what you are feeling and experience what you're experiencing on camera acting for in, for the most part. And there are certain exceptions like a multi-camera sitcom that you're filming in front of a live audience. But in most cases in, if you're on camera, you're doing the opposite. You're actually inviting them into your world. There's with the, these, you know, the big microphones that they've got over your head and yeah. these the high definition long lenses where they're really close up on you they you they just want you to be authentically experiencing this not performing not projecting just drawing us the audience in right and and that's well well put uh you know and and one of the other things that might be a little more difficult i think that that you know casual audiences may not even realize is like um when you're an actor on 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 film sets you've got you know uh, maybe upwards of 50 plus people that are a lot closer to you and a lot more in your personal space than you yeah. may find in a stage where they're way off in the in, you know in the bleachers and uh, up in the rafters even you know it, it it's you've got a lot more people a lot more things going on in your face and i think it it's almost harder um, in a sense to get back into that uh, that moment that you're trying to get into as an actor as opposed to on stage where it's live, it's just all flowing. You know, the director can yell cut and you have to just kind of go with it and just jump right into those things. I think that makes it a lot more difficult as a performer to be able to tap into that. Yeah, I think that some of those challenges that you're talking about are, are definitely exist. Uh, I, I think that both of the um both theater acting in the theater and acting on camera i i love them both i I appreciate them both i think there are uh, challenges to there's there's things that are easier about each of them in my opinion and things that are harder and and neither of them is uh better or worse they're just different and i i just i always think it's fun to explore those differences and uh, and and I, I still when I watch great theater actors, oh my gosh, they just like they just blow my mind. I love. There's nothing like uh, live theater. But yeah, I, those things that you're talking about, that's just for me personally. That's what really 
kind of gets me going creatively is working in that filmic space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it sounds like you kind of have a similar background to me, except, you know, I didn't go on a national tour or anything, but I, I loved acting as a kid. I mean, at five years old, I was doing it. I was getting on stage and then I got into high school and then I was like, no, you know what? This film thing was actually pretty cool. And so, you know, I, yeah. I did a, I did a couple of shows at PCPA, you know, starting to roll up that way. And then I got into film and then I started thinking, you know what? I want to make these movies instead of just be the actor on it. Um, and then I went off to film school as well, but, uh, and now, and now I'm here with a podcast and doing a film society, but, yeah, um, awesome. but it's, it's, it's similar in that, like, you know, we're drawn to the movies. Everybody's drawn to the movies and performances that you have in film, because it, like you said, it, they're being invited into their world. And, and I think that's, um, the performances that you watch in movies you get the that subtle uh, nuances that you wouldn't normally get when you're watching a live performance and you're you know twenty feet away from the performer. Um, yeah. So, what are some of the performances that you absolutely love to watch in movies? What like give me like a top three of like, man these these performances are just like that's that's it. If I could if I could be like that, that's what I want to be like. Oh, boy. Um, you would think that after doing this for so many years <laughs> that I would have like my top 10 list. Yeah, um, I, I actually don't. Um, and I love I mean, the kinds of performances that I am attracted to are also very, very different from one another. Um, there was a you know, I think like that Tom Cruise in Magnolia yeah. is such like a bold, loud, physically <laughs> expressive, highly yeah. emotional performance. You might even think that could be more of a theater performance, but I, I love it. And then there's, uh, I, I don't even remember her name right now, but this little girl who did a whale writer who was so quiet and reserved and internal. And I loved her as well. I just love what, whatever moves me emotionally. Yeah. Uh, and it can be for a wide range of, of performers or performances. I love, I mean, if you, if, if there were some people who, you know, I just like over the decades continue to love their work, you know, people like Daniel Day Lewis and mm -hmm. of, of course, you know, people like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. I love going back and watching everything they've done. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a sucker for Leonardo DiCaprio. Damn, you know, man. he just he just continues to really um, amaze me. And then um, actresses like Jennifer Lawrence, I really love. I, I was I got to be at Sundance when her uh, Winter Winter's Bone came out. It was it, as far as I know, it was one of her first, if not her very first movie. And so to be in a, you know, one small little theater there watching this girl who kind of came out of nowhere doing this incredible, gritty indie movie to then yeah. watching a couple of years later, who being one of the biggest movie stars. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So I don't really have my like couple favorites. So okay. I just love, yeah. love them all. <laughs> you love them all. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, and, and as an actor, you know, when, when you're trying to find like, um, it's, it's really, it's all about the story and what stories you're drawn to and that you want to help tell with that yeah. performance. What, what sort of things are you drawn to and what do you look for in stories or scripts when, when you're kind of reading it, you know, is there certain things that you like to do more than others or. Well, r recently, 
you know, I focus the majority of my time on coaching yeah. actors. And I, when you do that, you, I mean, I, I spend so much time of every day just getting audition scripts that actors need to be ready for to, to audition for or to send in tapes for uh, the next day. Or wow. maybe if they're lucky, two days later. Yeah. And there's from so many different genres. Uh, I literally spent this morning doing uh, a Nickelodeon script oh, okay. for uh, for somebody, then a Stranger Things uh, season four, and then an NCIS episode. Wow. Uh, and, and and that was all just this morning. Yeah. Wow. Literally just this morning. <laughs> Remarkably, even during this um, epidemic, a lot of these casting offices. They're either allowing actors to send in material just kind of like um, open open auditions yeah, to meet yeah. new actors or they're still prepping. They know, well, we, we're not shooting yet, but we know at some point we we're going to need to shoot the rest of the season and we need our actors. That's right. Yeah, so the, the, we're, we're. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say the content is going to need to come out. So I once everything is kind of blown over. I think we're going to see a, a flurry of activity um, with all the studios and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, my fingers are crossed, but I do believe that that's so, the case. And so I, my answer, I, this must be so frustrating, but I've gotten to the point where I, I just love finding what it is about that scene or that those auditions scenes or this project that we can get excited about because usually at that level if it's a studio project you know a studio feature film or or a television show usually as much as we might want to say stuff is cheesy or not like usually the writing is pretty darn good yeah and there's there's always something to be excited about that's awesome yeah no that that's that's a lot of fun um so yeah all these actors are still getting you know trying to get some work during the pandemic what do you what do you suggest to some of the actors out there while they're sitting around you know like just trying to find a a script that they can audition for what should they do how is there anything they can do at home to kind of help keep themselves uh sharp on their acting skills what do you think about that yeah uh definitely there the important thing the important thing is if you really do love it and it really is something that creatively drives you that you find some way to keep doing it. Even if it's, even if you're all alone, you have nobody else around you, but you can find a monologue that you can just start exploring and start breaking down and start performing, you know, film yourself if you want to watch it later. Don't do it to a mirror. That's uh, kind of a longer conversation, but yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people do acting with a mirror. And if you're sitting home alone with nobody to act with, you might be tempted to do that. But here's why I would say you shouldn't do that. Um, the such a fundamental, important part of our of act of good acting is getting your focus off of yourself and onto the other person or the other people around you, the the things that are happening around you. You're always trying to interact with and affect the people and things that are around you. And so by looking into a mirror, you're doing the exact opposite. You're putting all the focus on yourself and thinking, Ooh, does my face look good there? Can I raise my, that does that eyebrow look sexy? Uh, And you definitely don't want to do that. But what you could do is film yourself 
and then watch it back and assess it at a later time while you're not in the middle of your acting. So one thing, that, you know, that's kind of the simplest thing you could do. Uh, but another thing that I have been really shocked to discover myself is with all the technology we have now, whether it's Skype or FaceTime or Zoom, uh, you can also connect with friends who, who love acting and literally act out whole scenes over Zoom. Um, this is not, well, it's not necessarily a pitch for my classes, but no, if, you, no, if anybody happens to be listening and, and is interested, uh, please come to actorsedge.com or look us up. We've transitioned all of our acting classes to Zoom. Every age from our eight-year-olds to our you know, 90 year olds. And I am, I have been astonished to discover what is possible and how strong the performances are. Um, we you were able to meet in our big, you know, main theater room, we call it, and, uh, go over, you know, a concept or an idea or a technique that we're going to focus on that day. I've also already sent scripts out to all of our students. Um, and so we'll spend 20 or 30 minutes together and then I can break everybody up into separate rehearsal rooms in zoom and with maybe two to four to six actors, they can rehearse on their own. I, I check in with each rehearsal room and kind of offer any guidance that I can throughout the process. And then we, after everybody's rehearsed, we bring everybody back into the main theater room and then actors put up their scenes virtually and it's incredible wow. what people are doing from their own homes. And then Zoom, you know, they have this technology where it just automatically cuts back and forth, the sensing whoever's talking. Right. And it looks like we're watching a movie. It's amazing. <laughs> that, so that's really cool. No, that, that, I I love yeah. that. Um. So yeah, and, and so now, uh, I, I, your students they they run the age from from old to young everything in the middle beginner advanced who 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 comes to you every every, every there's not a, a specific type of person who comes to me um i'll get everybody from hey i've been acting i've been acting in la for 10 years uh but i moved to the central coast and i'm just looking for a place to put my keep my skills sharp yeah i want to be in that on camera filmic environment and then there's people who whether they're young or very old who who they say i've never acted before <laughs> i just it I've, I've always wondered it's always seemed like it might be a fun thing to do i have a feeling i might be good at it and they'll come in uh come into class just to explore that part of themselves and um i've been really happy it makes me happy to allow people to explore their creativity and to help them in any way I can to achieve whatever they are looking for, whether it's just to connect with other creatives and do something fun on, you know, one day a week, or it's, I want to get an agent and get demo reels together and start going out for professional roles. Yeah. You know, whatever I can do to help people achieve their goals is what i get excited yeah about. And, and that's and that's hard to do i mean so having a resource like you being able to help walk you through those steps for people that are interested that that's so valuable so that's that's really really awesome um one of the other things too before we we let you go here today i'm gonna have to ask you about some of your uh, more successful students 
Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, so who who do you got? Who any, anybody? Anybody we all might know? Well, I'm sure you know everybody. I'm sure knows about Zach Efron. I would have to say he's my most successful student. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to you know there's only a handful of people who can claim a higher yeah. uh, you know degree of success than than he has over the you know the last decade so so tell us about how he came to be involved with you well he actually started in my mother's theater program and she had here on the central coast yeah on yep. the central coast and he was you know wonderful in all of her plays and she, there were a handful of kids and he was one of them that she just thought, you know, he's great in, in theater, but I think there's something about him. I think he would do really well in film as well. And so at the time I'd been acting in film for quite a while. And so she said, Hey, can you meet, you know, can you meet with Zach and just see what you think about film acting? And I met with him. We read a couple of scenes together and I, I agreed, you know, absolutely. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. And then we set him. So we set him up with uh, the my at the time it was an I was with an agency, and we set him up with his with that agent. And then it just as he would get um, auditions, he would so he'd be training with my mother for theater, and then when he'd get film auditions and TV auditions, he would come to me, and that's kind of how the process started. And then it wasn't long, you know. He was one of those kids where you'd you'd work on an audition with them and and at the end of the session you wouldn't just say oh he's doing really well you'd go oh my gosh i i think he's gonna book this like (laughs) i don't know who they're gonna find it's gonna be better than that yeah and then he would i mean he just kind of skyrocketed that's so cool so so yeah but but right now i do want to give a a kind of a shameless pitch for the the studio um Right now, so when we st- when I opened a location in San Luis, a lot of people told me, and hopefully this is heartening for people in the Central Coast listening, but a lot of people told me, you're crazy, like you can't, you know, you to be a film and TV actor, you have to be in L.A. Um, and I just totally disagreed. You know, I came from the Central Coast. Zach came from the Central Coast. Yep. I'd seen it happen a lot before. And so I started the studio believing that that was not true and believing that we could get people, that people could get agents, people could get auditions and people could get roles. And right now, like just this current year alone, we've got three students who are series regulars on big shows, uh, an HBO show, a Netflix show and a Disney plus show. And so I'm really proud of that. And I think it, it's, uh, uh, it speaks to the talented, people that are in the central coast area it's just they just kind of need to be found that they just need to like have the courage you know that's amazing yeah yeah to go out and try yeah you know and and that's something too that that we want to help promote as well because with the film society i grew up on a ranch you know and it was one of those Uh ideas where like acting being in the movies that's not really that's not in your, your deck of cards here, but the idea is that we want to be able to reach as many people as possible and inspire yeah. them and let them know that, yes, you can do it. It is possible. Yeah. We are only in Hollywood's backyard. It's not that far away. And, right. and you still have the talent that they are looking for and it's possible. Yep. So uh, yeah, kudos to you. Uh, and to you. No, and to you. Well, I, I think it's awesome what yeah. the Central Coast Film Society is doing. 
um, with the, you know, the, these, these, the podcast, but the screenings, the networking events, I think, you, you know, you guys do student programs. I just think it's, um, it's really cool. You've got a great mission and a great program. Well, thank so. you. Well, we hope, to, uh, you know, once this, uh, pandemic is all done, we hope to have you up here for some of our events maybe. And, uh, that'd be great. And definitely we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. And again, just give us another plug for your uh, website and how people can get in uh, touch with, in touch with you. Okay, perfect. Well, the easiest way is to go to actorsedge.com. Uh, from that website, you can find our um, you can find our youth classes, teen classes, adult classes. You can find uh, past student success stories, um, and you can also find our phone number if you if you prefer to call. It's three one zero nine one zero one two two eight. All right. Thank you so much, yeah. and we'll put all those notes in our podcast notes as well. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much again for, for stopping by and chatting with us, and hope to talk to you soon and say hi to Zach for us. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Great talking to you too. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. All right, so uh, as we uh, begin to wrap up our podcast here, thank you guys, um, but we do want to make a couple announcements. Of course, uh, our, our all of our events that have been lined up for uh, the near future have been uh, canceled or postponed. Um, we still got plans for the film festival, hopefully. Uh, you know, as we get a little closer to the date, we're, we're still eyeballing uh, safety precautions and all that if we're still going to be able to go with that um so well hopefully we can uh, still get something going uh this year but uh other of course the best way though to keep up to date with that is just check our facebook check our social um uh, we've got instagram twitter facebook but of course our website is great for all the uh, information that you might need there um, also, I want to give another shout out for uh, what was on our website. Uh, actually, I want to thank Chris Manigault from uh, our, our last podcast. He's the one that kind of turned us on to this. It's, it's become a great resource for if you are working in the industry right now. Um, EIR, which is the Entertainment Industry Response, uh, they have been a, a great asset to um, helping out all of the uh, production crew workers that have been laid off in the uh, COVID-19 era. So um, we've got a link to that on the website. Uh, I will put a link to it as well in our notes um, just to always kind of keep fresh with uh, all that. So in the meantime, um, we'll keep on making these uh, episodes for you. And, uh, you know, have has it's not quite as often as, you know, it, it used to be just because we're, we're trying to maintain social distancing and get phone calls and uh, just want to see what's going on out there in the movie world. So, but I do want to do more movie reviews. So if you guys have any idea of movies you want me to review or watch or talk about, uh, always drop us a line. You can send us an email, info at uh, centralcoastfilmsociety.org. Or there's also a way that you can leave a message right here uh, for the show directly. And that link is there on the notes as well. And that's a wrap on this edition of Take 18, Episode 10, In the Bag. This has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. Um, if you don't know, we are a 501c3 organization, and we could not make this show or anything that we do without your generous support. So um, you can help make a difference. Uh, you can consider making a donation. We know times are tight, but 
you know it is for everybody and uh, we appreciate all of our members uh, speaking of members you could be a member you can purchase memberships or um, just come to one of our events when we get up and running again visit our website centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information sign up for a newsletter follow us on social uh, again i want to thank aaron for stopping by to talk as well as riza um, coming to talk about movies a lot of fun and uh, of course thank you to you our listeners sticking it all the way to the end and make sure you subscribe share with your friends all it takes is a couple of clicks and you're helping us out quite a bit so thank you so much for all your support hope you enjoy this episode we'll talk to you soon that's a take